Hiring carers in aged care in metro areas of Australia is more a game of quantity over quality. But how do we get to the quality ones while still dealing with a quantity of applicants that we need to keep filling a massive gap and projected bigger gap in the workforce required for aged care in Australia? Identifying the most relevant skills and the best people and then retaining them is the big challenge in front of the aged care sector in Australia. Today, we offer some solutions. This is the Seek Health Check. Hello, healthy people. I hope uh, this finds you well. Here we are again for a Seek Health Check. It's a bit of a Health Check 2.0 with a, a real shorter, sharper focus on um, a specific topic. And we've also got a new face. Uh, Steph Hawkins is in the room. Kara's uh, moved on to bigger Ooh. and better things. So a real laser focus on personal care workers in metro areas here. We really want to, first of all, have a have a look at the problems we hear from the market, but also, more importantly, I guess, spend a bit more time on the solutions uh, we, we get from the market. So a really um, important bit at the back end of this. Um, but first of all, I guess on the problem set for this, for personal care workers in metro areas, one of the big things that comes up all the time is, is actually too many applications or irrelevant applications is generally what we hear back from the market. Or they weren't aware, weren't, or, or candidates were not aware of certain things. Maybe they didn't read the ad correctly, or the information wasn't there. So there's a lot of um, a lot of chat in that space, um, and probably another one that maybe that's 90% in metro. Probably the other one that comes up 10% of the time is uh, in affluent areas, just really struggling to find care workers in affluent areas. We hear that in the northern beaches of Sydney a fair bit. Um, so that's probably that's probably one of the, the problems we, we hear quite a lot of. Um, what about on your side, Steph? What do you what do you hear as far as problems go? Oh, I'm hearing from a lot of clients in terms of just attracting the relevant candidates, right? Like we get all of these, these huge volume of applications, but what are we going to do with them if they're not suitably qualified? So it's this trying to find, I mean, one of the major um, skill sets that my clients are trying to find right now is that idea that this can, the and end candidate can actually lift someone in a really safe way. They've got their heavy lifting credential. They can hoist, um, they've got their hoisting credential and even they've got their proper injections all set to go to work. Um, so that's been a, a key issue with, for some of my clients in the attracting those relevant candidate space. And then I guess the other side of that, um, which is driving all of this need to, to get these candidates in the door is that whole retention piece. So this high turnover of personal care workers in these in these different sites, is it because, you know, they can't commit to the hours, these candidates can't commit to the hours, or are they going elsewhere um, because they are offering better hours or better conditions for them to work in? And then the other point of, you know, trying to drive, I guess, a relationship with that candidate to, for retention purposes and for them to commit to that organisation, um, you know, for, for the next two to three years. Yeah, so that's right. what I'm hearing from my from my clients. All right. So it's a bit of wrap up. Too many applications, irrelevant applications, the skill mix or the credentials or the verification, that sort of screening bucket is, is the challenge. And then just the retention yeah. of those people once they get them in, the turnover is quite high. So they're back to the drawing board again. Interesting. All right. What about on a solution side? Um, Kyle, what do you what do you feel? What do you hear in the marketplace? Mm, it's nature of the beast. This isn't it. Like, you know, you, we we by nature, people aren't engaged and they uh, might want to move on and leave their job. And by nature, if you think of any other sort of business where the bulk of your workforce is casual, part-time, um, not necessarily a high skill um, type role, but high competency is, is needed. So if you think retail, supermarkets, right? The bulk of people that work for a supermarket 
are the ones that are on the floor, stacking shelves, working the service, et cetera, et cetera. And there's, that's a given that those people are going to be there on a shorter term basis for the, for the most part. So aged care has got the exact same issue, but it's important not to, not to try and reduce the number of people that are coming through the door or, or applying to your role because you still need a heavy flow by nature of the type of role and the, the people that do it. So um, I think a lot of the time we, I, I get asked, we get asked, how do we get less applications? We just want the quality. We just want the quality. I think you still need to deal with the quantity. So I think it's really important to try and as a solution and as a suggestion, as something that might be a useful practice to go about with your recruitment team and hiring managers, is to try and profile who you want as a carer. What is their potential background? Um, what are the, the, the skills? What are the, the, the personality traits that you want as a carer? Um, within your organisation or at, at, a, at a site level, at a residence level, and to try and start writing and marketing the roles and the opportunity to that person. Once you know who you're trying to speak to, you'll know how to speak to them. So I think that's one really useful exercise is understand who it is and then start marketing. And that means you still need to put job ads up. Just don't make them generic and broad and open to everyone to maybe apply just because it seems like an easy job to apply to put some like put some guts around you know what you're expecting of them and what their skill set needs to actually be um and then i think you'll still get a, a, a flow of candidates the next bit is trying to um to trying to filter out the ones that are definitely do it and make that as low touch as possible for you in terms of a, a, a cost of labor of, of a recruitment team and the amount of work that you get done in a day. So screening and assessment tools, technology can really help to cut through. And we talked about that on a previous episode when we talked about um, screening assessment tools. Utilise a technology that looks for those skills and those traits that you know that you want in the carer. I think it's probably, it's not something that we're not doing wrong. It's just making it a bit more efficient and putting a little bit more thought and care into who we're trying to attract. I know, Matt, you know, the second part of what Steph said there was the engagement, like keeping people yeah, look, I think ultimately it comes down to retention and attraction, doesn't it? And and is it too simplistic to just say, be a better company? Probably. Um, but but I, I do think it's that there is a big question around how do you engage your current workforce and how do you communicate with them why, why you are a good company and why they should stay with you? And that could be around learning and development, you know, and it could be specific to the role they're doing as a PCW, it could be something completely different. So they might be interested in marketing. So, you know, have some kind of L&D platform potentially or something that you can offer them that helps them feel like they're being supported um, in, in other ways. One of the other things you could look at is permanent hours versus contract. So permanent part-time. So it gives them motivation and incentive to, to commit to you and, and perhaps not go further afield. And I think also it, it's about understanding your competition. If they're doing things that, that are attracting candidates and that are keeping them, then that you're not doing, well, maybe you should think about how to, how to start to um, introduce some of those things. Um, the other couple of things I wanted to mention were stakeholder relationships. I think there can at times be a disconnect between HR, TA functions and hiring managers. So, you know, if, if you or your team don't have a very clear idea of, you know, what your points of difference are and what it's actually like to work in this role or in this particular facility. Well, it does, to Kyle's point, it makes it really, really difficult to, to really um, accurately and, and, and uh, interestingly engage with them through an ad or, or however you're engaging with them. And then final point, I suppose, is, is thinking, thinking longer term. 
So again, this probably ties in with technology a little bit. Thinking about talent pools, um, how do you engage over a period of time with, with your target candidates and make sure that your front of mind, if they come to a point where they're actually looking for a new role, and that could be as simple as a newsletter every, every quarter, um, where they hear about what's going on in your various facilities. You know, this this individual has it's their hundredth birthday, and here's a photo of them with a the cake blowing out the candles. And you know, here's some other great initiatives we're doing in the market. And by the way, here are open roles, and here's our referral program. So your front of mind and those individuals over time are getting to be more and more familiar with what you're about. Um, so potentially they might be interested in a role, but equally they might be um, talking to you or sorry, talking to people about you um, and uh, hopefully generating an extra pool of candidates in that respect. Um, and then final point really is just about thinking bigger. I think thinking about other industries where there's potentially a transferable skill set that they may not even know that, that um, the aged care is an option for them, but they could easily do the role and they might be interested in it. So thinking industries like retail, hospitality, uh, manufacturing, that sort of stuff. And then also thinking about different demographics. So we've talked before about lived experience. So individuals, perhaps in more affluent areas where it is harder to find people at times, certainly at the PCW level. So individuals that perhaps don't necessarily need the money, but they've got the motivation to work in that in that industry because they've had that experience directly through a relative and they want to do it for, 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 for very altruistic reasons. If you think about what COVID's created for the whole world, and we've had this word bandied around for the last however many months, is uncertainty. And if you think about the nature of most of our PCWs in metro areas where the bulk of them work, it it is, uh, it is by nature an uncertain job. You're in a casual role, you're at lower end in terms of the pay scale, and now you can only work in one site, you can't fill up your hours elsewhere. I reckon the key to success for the future of PCWs is create some certainty about their employment, about what it, why would you want to work for there, and that, that this certain <clears throat> that this is a great employer for me. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. So again, I think we made the point historically, you can really understand if someone is working in a facility as a PCW, it's not a great place to work. And another facility down the road offers them $5 more an hour and maybe an extra shift. You know, you've got to think long and hard about what's actually keeping them in your organization. Even that that whole point around career development, what does a, what's the career directory look like for a personal care worker today, reflecting on what, what you actually offer that end candidate, I think could be also a great starting point in, in that whole retention conversation of these these key workers so you mean you mean in terms of um, a, a quite structured career path so you might come yeah. in as a PCW within two years we're going to offer you this training and development and yeah. you could potentially be a team leader or a manager or, or I mean that just creates amazing longevity for them to see themselves still within this career one to two years down the track and enabled with training and development that the and organization creates yeah. creates a pipeline for the organization so uh, thanks so much for that. That was a um, hopefully a bit a bit short, shorter and sharper focus on on personal care workers in metro areas. Um, that's it for today. Uh, thank you all, and see you next time.